I wonder if it's the... Intro. No, that wasn't... That wasn't muted. Were you singing on one of them? Is your, uh, is your singing not copyrighted? <laughs> I don't know. I'll go look and see. I'll have a little time this week. Uh, have to go back and watch our own podcast? I listen to him. You're a better man than me. <laughs> I, cannot, uh, I cannot stand the sound of my own voice. Um, I've learned to just be okay with it because I'm not changing it. So if everybody That's else true. has to listen to it, I may as well have to as well. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard Well, hey, good morning, everybody. This is Behind the Beards. And here on Behind the Beards, we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and reveal the things that go on in the hearts and minds of your church and ministry leaders. Hey, this season, we are looking for new ways to prepare ourselves and our people for the Christian life. I'm Joshua Fowler, a preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And my brother here on the other side of the screen, Aaron Partlow, a youth minister in Longview, Texas. Whoop, whoop. East Texas. Oh, for life. Man. Three months. It's been three months since we were here. That's uh that's unreal. It's unreal. I felt like we were gonna take a month off and then it just turned into two months and then it just turned into three months and I was like, Man, we gotta we gotta we gotta get the defibrillator onto this podcast, man, and, <laughs> and zap her back into life. Like we gotta get back to it. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad our listeners are here. Um Sad my dad isn't here. Hello. Calling you out, man. I'm just kidding. I didn't even text him that we were going live. So he'll probably get a notification on his phone and be like, oh, I didn't know. Oh. Well, man, it's been, uh, yeah, like you said, we were going to take like the month of August off because you were busy. And then I got called to go do two weeks of church camp in June. That's right. And I was like, I literally have zero service. I can't do anything from there. We have <laughs> no Wi-Fi at our church camp as well, so. Um, and then, you know, July was crazy, and then we had family coming in on August, so. You literally had people at your house every week of August. Every week? You were, you were a church camp. <laughs> you, you were, you fed, and you worshipped with, and you housed people. It's true. We were a church camp. Um, and you didn't win a single game. Well, that's not true. Did you? What game did you win? Are you talking about just like one week, or no? Just the whole week? No, I'm just no. Not this is not. I'm not being like competitive or a jerk or anything. Oh. I'm just asking. Like, did you win? I should have asked him more to question. Did you win any games? Oh yeah, we the rest of the time. I won Clue. I always win Clue. Ooh. Um, we won Catan. Did you win a game um, of Catan? Nice. Yes. I think you are like the first person that's come into my house and beat me in my own house at Catan. Um, that's good because you are the person who taught me Catan, and you taught me you taught me the ways of losing 
very yeah. i remember in kansas yeah yeah driving home for an hour thinking about how can i beat josh <laughs> at this game next time next time i play him oh no but it was really good yeah we had a lot of family um one of the one of the coolest things we had was getting to see my son again man it'd been January 1st of 2019 was the last time we had mm. seen him. And uh, they were finally that's, able to get home. That's a long time. Um, it is a long time. But we got to meet his wife in person, you know, not through a phone screen. Uh, and uh, got to meet the grandbaby. That's Sophia, right. Man. Not it's only so... meet, but but hold. Physical touch is such oh, yeah, a that's big right. thing, right? Yeah. It's so crazy. You know, there's some things that you really don't kind of think about. Um and it's it's a hard adjustment to make, right? Because you feel like this closeness and this desire, and then they come in, and we had this conversation. It was like, man, like I just want to hold her all the time, but you know, Daisy was a little bit hesitant to leave her, and I said, well, think about it. Usually, by the time you get to this stage of life, mm -hmm. you know, there's been a dating process, and mm -hmm. you meet the family during the dating process, and there's there's an engagement period. Mm -hmm. And then after they're married, you have time and holidays to spend together. And so there's just this knowledge of one another and you're comfortable with one another. Mm -hmm. um, but we're in this place where, you know, once again, in Dustin's life, he skipped some steps. <laughs> and we've gone like straight that into this like world you. of, uh, hey, you know, we're married and then we have a baby. And now we're meeting everybody for the first time. And uh, it's just there's some challenges there that we didn't really anticipate, but uh, right. it was really cool to walk through. It was really neat to see her um, open up and, and get to know us and us be able to get to know her a little better. Um, and uh, it's just a really, really good time. Uh, we got to spend with them. My mom and dad came, Heather's mom and her, her dad came. We had family come in from kind of all over the area to see them. We kind of just said, look, we're not going anywhere. Dustin and Daisy and the baby are going to be here. If you want to come see, come see. But uh, we're not coming to you. <laughs> we ain't gonna... coming to you. You come to us. Um, but man, such a such a good time. And those those two weeks went by really fast. But uh, they're home, back home and safe. My daughter is in Vienna, Austria. She's studying abroad. Wow. Uh, they landed on a Wednesday. I guess they landed on a Thursday morning. And then on Friday, she went to an Ed Sheeran concert in Vienna <laughs> and absolutely had the time of her life. So I'm having the time of my life. And then my young man, I've Christian, so. been checking out her B reels. Yeah. And it's fun to see Hello. Yeah, her traveling. It was fun to be able to, to hang out and see her while she was here. Um, I wish I could have seen the rest of your family, too. I love your kids. Your kids are a joy to be around i will say that so that's uh yeah that's that's my i say that's my summer that really does encapsulate my summer but it was uh, you know the last month month and a half or so and then everything else kind of was just leading up to that yeah um crazy stuff what's going on what's new with uh what's new in the partlow household well we had um, we had a really good summer. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We we took our kids, we took our youth group up to Soul Quest in Nebraska, and we described that as like big and powerful. Uh, and it's a really great um, 
really great challenging week. My favorite part of Soul Quest this year, which people are going to judge me for, and that's okay, <laughs> was that there was this hailstorm that hit, and it was the first time I had seen like golf ball size hail in Oregon. Like we always hear of these places getting golf ball size hail, um, but it does damage. And the yeah. best part about Soul Quest for us was that we didn't drive our buses. So I was like the only youth minister who was like sipping on coffee, chillaxing that morning uh, while everyone else was calling insurance and everything because they had to get their van checked out or their windshields were cracked or calling elders to get it all sorted out. And I'm like, yeah, we chartered a bus, so I got nothing up here that's under my responsibility that it got damaged. I checked on my kids. They were fine. Um, so it was chill. Then we get back. Two days after we get back from SoulQuest, uh, I take half of that group and we go right out to the Northeast Texas Summer Youth Series, Netsis mm-hmm. Camp. Um, and I was really hesitant when I first got there because it's a new camp. I've never, never done church camp with this group before. Um, I didn't really have a role, so I felt kind of out of place. Like there was some stuff that I was in charge of, but. Like, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like Will Ferrell in uh, Talladega Nights. I was like, <laughs> they're like, what's, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And they're like, just put them down. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I, what do I do at church camp? And they're like, just be with your kids and enjoy it. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, walking around. Um, but after, after a day uh, of that, I settled in and kind of went with the flow and it turned out to be like just super awesome camp i'm really looking forward to going back next year um i kind of have an idea of of what i can really bring to the table and and find my own nook and cranny there um i did i was in charge of games and if you guys have listened to the podcast you know that i I like games um and so i brought two new games that that were uh uh, my creation and kind of morphed them and kind of changed them to kind of fit nets camp and they, they went over really well i say one one was like an 8 out of 10, and the other one was like a 5 out of 10. And, and honestly, guys, like I feel like a 5 out of 10 is okay for the first time, and it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll come back into rotation, uh, I think, later on, but it won't be one we play next year. Uh, so anyway, we did that, and that was fun. I got back, um, and then our, our pulpit minister, uh, our preacher, Jody, um, who we're going to have hopefully have on next week, um, to, went on sabbatical. And so both him and our Hispanic minister went on sabbatical at the same time uh, for an entire month. And so that left me and the new children's minister as like the ministry staff. Um, and so I led singing uh, and I preached uh, and all sorts of stuff. And so that was like crazy. We did some local missions stuff here in Longview. Um, we did some Netsis days. We hosted a youth rally at our church. I mean, it was just like it was just like a bunch of stuff, little things that kept happening. And then we we would we do a whole bunch of stuff just like in the in the youth room. Then we did like a Sunday night Devo every single night at somebody's house, uh, and that was a blast. And then August came, and we were able to take a breath, slow down, and now I'm ramping back up. Um, this crazy phenomena has been happening. We went to this awesome. Netsis day uh at um shiloh road and it was called uh, i can't remember what it's called but it was like your turn or step up or something like that and the entire day was based around like their teenagers stepping up and and doing devotional thoughts and reading scripture and mm-hmm. leading singing and all sorts of stuff as much as they wanted to like they led that youth rally <clears throat> 
and it was passionate and it was powerful and was it as crisp and as clean as like if I if if like we did it or the adults did it? No, not at all. But it was like there was this raw truth that yeah. was coming out and this passion from these teenagers. Well, it, it like hit a spark in my teens. <clears throat> for, for the last four Wednesday nights, my teenagers have been leading our Wednesday night devotional session. Uh, like volunteered, um, they've just volunteered and they've been doing it, and then. Uh, all the way till uh, right now to the end of October, they are booked out every Wednesday night uh, leading devotionals. So right now I'm working with teens individually to kind of uh, do their devotionals, do their devos. Um, and it's just been really uh, powerful on our Wednesday nights. And so that's been going for us. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And that's that's been super great for us. So uh, I don't know... Um, if I'm lagging or if Josh is lagging, but I'm going to text him to see. I think it was him. Maybe he's joining back. I'm going to text him. There you are. All right. So I was talking about how my kids are, are leading devotionals. Yeah, I, I can hear you. Just... Okay, good, good, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So that's been like super powerful and super awesome for us. Um, and then I met with a group of, of parents um, to kind of be, to, to step up and to be um, like a, really a part of our youth ministry instead of just parents, but like come attend events, come uh, walk into Bible class and make sure that they're connecting with our teenagers uh, to really lead them up like a spiritual mountain. Uh, and that's new for me like to, to, to hand stuff off to these people and to say, hey, I, I expect and I want you guys to come up with ideas to uh, and run with these and be a part of the youth group. Um, and so that's, that's cool uh, and that's exciting and terrifying for me, but also <laughs> like a healthier version of youth ministry. So sure. I am, we're new through that and I need to not let that fire burn out, as you know, you know, because I could do the, meet with them once and then never do anything with it. And that's how a lot of ministry things die off is that we don't keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to follow through. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's what's on my table. Other than that, like we signed up to host Netsis fall days and I'm trying to think of uh, like a theme uh, or an idea. And I've kind of thought about like, um, I kind of thought about, I'm trying to like do something quirky with the title. Like, keep it simple like pumpkin spice or something you know something fall themed <laughs> but also like i really want to hit that like i want to hit that point like about keeping it simple keeping keeping our yeah. faith simple like it's simple build a relationship with god by studying his word yeah and that's what i want to hit home that's that's kind of the theme so i'm trying to think of like a, a cutesy way to be able to do that and then well it's funny how do something with that like things you say and do will come back to I don't want to say like bite you in the rear because it's usually a good thing but uh, um, you went to camp and you sent me a message and you're like dude I don't know how to do this right yeah um, and I, I told you I remember what I told you I said look God's got you there in this place for a reason somebody there needs to hear what you have to say so just say what you have to say and be present and trust that God's going to use whatever role you have at that camp this year exactly as he needs it to work. Mm. Um, and then I went to camp 
And <laughs> I was at camp as a Bible teacher for two weeks, and I'm like, this is not my camp. That's right. This is not the that. way we do camp. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not a director. I'm not a counselor. I'm just a Bible teacher. And we only had one Bible class a day. I was like, I don't even feel like this is Bible camp. And so I had to go back and read all those messages I sent to you and say, okay. Because you didn't have service. You couldn't text me. You just had <laughs> yeah. to lean upon your own wisdom. So I was like, all right, this is the Crazy. conversation we had. And it's the words that I need to hear. Um, and as I went through the week, I realized this is not my camp. And the kids that were there are not the kind of kids that I'm accustomed to seeing at church camp. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when, when we were doing camp together, we had our group, your group, other church groups that were coming in, and all of these kids had a really solid foundation of Bible. They were, right. they were church kids coming to camp. Um, the kids at the camp down here, I, I'm going to say probably 30% of them are churched, um, but I'm betting half to, to two-thirds just come from communities around because they're there for the summer. It's a $200 sleep away camp where you get physical activity, good moral teaching, they feed you, and everybody's safe. And right. so it's kind of like like cheap daycare for kids in the summertime. And this is elementary through middle school. Um, and I remember one of my counselors going, hey, I know you said this is going to be really basic, but uh, I need you to go even more fundamental. I was like, how fundamental? And she said, well... You mentioned in your lesson that Christ went to the cross for us. And in our cabin Devo that, that night, one of the kids said, what did he mean by Christ went to the cross? Right. I was like, oh, oh boy, like fundamental, like we're going basic. So it was a really good experience to just kind of step back and see the big view of, of how these spaces can work in different ways, ways that I had never even really thought or imagined before. And mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was really good. Met some good people and um, started some good, you know, relationships with uh, some families as they came to, like after their kids would come home, they would kind of come to the church and say, hey, you were the teacher at my kid's Bible camp this summer. And they came back and they couldn't stop talking about this or this or this. So I just wanted to come see kind of what you guys do and uh, just – Man, when sometimes all you gotta do is get out of the way. Like, do what God did, put you there to do, and just get out of the way and let let the spirit go to work. Um, right. That may be one of the the best things that I learned through all the things this summer was just, hey, sometimes you just need to get out of the way and let God work. Um, That's and totally true. Get get your own anticipation, get your own mindset, get your own expectations. Um, just do the job God's called you to do, and do it to the best of your ability. Um, and then be available to, to what he's going to do. Um, not an easy lesson to learn, I'll tell you. Not an easy lesson to learn. <laughs> but, uh, but a really good time. Um, you look intensely focused. I'm not. You're not. I am. I'm focused on. I was looking at our, uh, our questions. Oh, I see. have here. Because I wanted to make sure I was following along. Did you learn anything about yourself, about your people, about your kids this summer? I think that's I learned key, like to growth, right? Is with every activity, looking back and go, what am I supposed to learn from where I've been? So, and I learned that, like, I, honestly, like, I don't, 
this is weird. I haven't actually talked about this. I don't know why God uses me. <laughs> I don't I don't know why God uses me. Like I look at I know myself and I know my like strengths, my weaknesses, I know my faults, I know and I just like I don't understand. I don't understand why God uses me. I don't understand why people like I've I've heard my Bible classes and like I think they're okay. Like I don't think they're like phenomenal or great or anything, but I just had an elder called me the other day and he said, I just want you to know that like we have this new family um, who hasn't been to church for six months and they came back and I guess they overheard your Bible class or sermon or something and they went, this is somebody that I want my kid like to hear from. Like his, mm-hmm. like he's he's teaching God's word. Um, and I, like guys, like this is, this is why I don't understand why God uses me because he said the teen's name and I went, who? <laughs> like what i don't i what i like i hold on let me look up in our church database oh there's a picture from like eight years ago yeah i have no idea who this teen is you know um mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't know and you know and like yeah i just admitted on a podcast that i don't know every teen in my youth group who shows up i i try to get names um but you have like 50 kids there it's hard to like remember everybody and and the new people who kind of walk in and for me like it's hard to know if they're friends coming through or if they are with some family that like visits or families that just like visit and then they leave um so it's it's weird sometimes but um so i learned that like i learned that like it's it's amazing what god does and i'm grateful to be used by him i'm grateful um not the efforts that I put in are there, but I, I don't know why God uses me. Um, well, I don't. So often we ask that question, you know, why right. me when things are going bad, right? I mean, yeah. when the world's falling down, you're looking at me going like, why me? Like, why is this happening to me? Um, but I do I do that with some regularity as well. I mean, I, like, like, why in the world does he think I'm the one equipped to, to do this task in front of me? Like, yeah, totally agree. Um, and I guess it goes back to some of that, some of those sayings, right? There's one, and they're, and they're kind of colloquialisms, and they're a little cliche, but so often they're true. It's like God doesn't call the equipped; He equips yeah. called, right? Uh, that's so, the yeah, that's the truth. Uh, I'm going to call you to this, and if you'll accept the call, I'm going to give you everything you need to do what I need to do. Um, and uh, it's just, it's such a humbling place to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is to kind of look and go, man. Um, I got no idea what I'm going to do with what's in front of me, but here I am and it's there and the time is up. So let's get to rolling. That's right. Um, the, uh, I've, I also learned that I don't want to be a full-time preacher. So I know, I know every time I say that somebody's like, well, you shouldn't say never, but I'm just saying like, I'm not saying that I never will be. I'm just saying like, that's not what I was going to say. I was okay. going to say, be careful what you put out in the God sphere. That's true. That's because true. every time I've said, I do not want this, that's kind of been the thing that's come down the pipe. You know, that's next. true. That's true. Because God has a way of chuckling and say, oh, really? Well, let me, let me say it. Let me say it this way. <laughs> I've learned that I still really enjoy youth ministry. And even after a hard yeah. summer of being busy and doing youth ministry, like I'm, I'm still ready to... I'm still ready to tackle and be a youth minister. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. For a long period of time. Like I 34 
34, you know, you start to uh, you start to feel things, you know, physically uh, and emotionally, and and like like you just get tired, like you get tired of the like having to do something every single night or every single week, you know, being out there and physically doing something uh, with these kids. But I uh, I still enjoy I still enjoy youth ministry to its fullest. I still enjoy junior high kids who are immature. Um, and you know just need that attention like i'm the attention and i still enjoy high schoolers who are too cool to participate or uh you know seniors who are have that senioritis you know and they're already trying to check out and re uh, and trying to challenge them and get them um i will say this i do have i feel i've, I've been i've learned that I've, i'm feeling more of a passion for our college kids who are um who, who feel kind of maybe feel displaced and I, and I really like to figure out a better way to utilize my local kids who are going to college, um, who, who, you know, are not going off to OC or going off somewhere, but are still here and going to college and they're scared for what they should do. They don't want to go to adult Bible class, you know, and, 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 you know, and trying to figure out like a better mentor transition. And so, you know, that, that's part of something that I've learned. Well, I mean, kids, I mean, it's one thing to have like a baby as a youth minister, but as your kids start to grow up, it gets harder to balance, mm. um, you mm-hmm. know, your responsibilities as a father and as a husband, right. because your wife can't just come along with you to all the events because now you got right. one at home. And, and so it just, your, your ministry begins to morph a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's been a learning curve for, for us recently as Sam's getting yeah. older he'll be four in October is that changes what Lauren can do in our youth ministry mm-hmm. you know it's uh, not better it's not worse you just have to learn how that's how just different it's kind of mesh yeah it's just different um, I'm really looking forward uh, this this fall oh you just skipped have, what you learned huh I guess you're not gonna tell us I already told you what I learned man I learned that sometimes you gotta get out of yourself and get out of the way and let God use you I learned where I got my shoes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I on got your them, feet. Got them on my feet. Oh, the old classic New Orleans scam. Give me twenty bucks. I tell you where you got your shoes. So, so our listeners, um, just a little side sidebar before we jump into uh, what are you looking forward to? Um, that happened to us, um, and, and and Josh interceded uh, <laughs> very quickly and was like, "Don't tell him. Just don't agree." Because uh, he knew it was like a, a scam. Like, oh, if I tell you where you got your shoes, you got to give me a dollar. I'm like, first off, I'm going to give you nothing. Um, <laughs> and I know where I got them. I bought them online. And Josh is like, no, you got them on your feet. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's true. I guess that's yeah. true. But then, like, when we get back, like, I had a TikTok that went over. And it was, like, somebody taping. And, like, these people who got, who got you know. Oh, it was a comedian. It was a comedian who who got caught on that and he was like oh i i ended up giving him like a couple bucks because you know oh he's right you i got him on my feet and i was like that's wild so it was just yeah, weird they, to they love that joke in new orleans it's just weird that um my phone listens so well isn't it crazy my phone listens better than i do um and I, and I really thought we were going to like towards the fall cuz you were looking forward to what's coming up with mentorship so I thought I was following your lead, but I guess you I'm, are. No, you I'm are definitely. Right. You're definitely doing the right um, thing. You have. You mentioned your college kids. Uh, yeah. 
you know, Goodwood used to have a huge campus ministry. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, they had a big presence on campus at, at LSU, and they had mm-hmm. a, a big college young professionals class that was really burgeoning and, and thriving. And, you know, some things happen around the city. Churches grow, they shrink, they go through those periods. Yeah. And, you know, through some really difficult times, you know, our, our church had kind of contracted considerably. And one of the primary age groups we lost was our young families um, and our college students. And that's, you know, that can suck the life out of a church really, really fast. So one of the things that's been really cool as some other things have transpired, other churches have moved some of their ministry focuses around. We had an opening um, in 2019 that came up in the fall. And we were able to get back on campus with a, an official registered campus group at LSU. Um, and then COVID hit and shut everything down. We had a great fall and then everything just came to a screech and halt in 2020. Um, but this year, I've had two students step up and just say, hey, look, we really want to be a powerful presence on campus. There's some right. things we want to do, but we don't have the tools. I just need the resources to do some things. And uh, we now have about 20 kids as a part of our campus ministry. Right. They're meeting together on Wednesday nights. After Sunday evening services, they always have a devotional and a game night. Mm. Um, they're getting together two to three other times during the week just for uh, you know, activities. They went bowling on Friday night. Um, we got a couple of tailgates set up. They went to Gulf Coast. Uh, it wasn't Gulf Coast Getaway. It was some, oh, with the Tide for Christ in, in Alabama. They had a fall retreat. Or, or back to school retreat, right? Uh, they've been present on campus for the uh, initial fair that they have, the involvement fair at LSU, um, and this is all being like student led. I'm, I'm giving them the resources. I'm, I'm giving them everything that they need, um, but it's, it's led by so many of our students, and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what they're able to do in that group because just in the span of four weeks. It went from four kids to 20, and wow. it all went from the four of them saying, hey, I got friends that are looking for somewhere they can go that's not full of um, drinking and partying. Um, they want to go have fun with people that they know they can trust. They're going to have a good time, um, but they're not going to get in trouble with. And yeah. not all of them are Christians, but they're just looking for a good place and good people to involve to get involved with. Right. And, um, and the, my favorite part about it is, I mean, we had the th- stuff all set up. But these are these are our young people coming and saying we want to do something. We've got an opportunity mm-hmm. in front of us, and we can't let it go. And then I had a couple of deacons come in and say, "Hey, man, I'll lead a devo. I'll make sure that somebody's got everything they need. I'm going to step in over here. They can use my house. I'll be there on Wednesday." Um, and it's been really cool. Just a little. Sometimes we need a little shot in the arm of excitement that says, "Okay, people are listening. People are ready to go to work." There's yeah. Other people. Well, it's like we we preach this and you think about it all the time. Like, man, we need to get like young people involved. We need to get young people involved in like corporate worship, but also just in church functionality and things like that and 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 stepping up and doing stuff. And I think I think the problem is I think sometimes we take young people and we say, "Okay, I need you to fit into this mold. Yeah, right. Right. Like I need you to fit into this mold. I need you to do this. And I think instead 
We need to listen to ourselves. You know, Jerry Myers, an elder, a shepherd, retired now, a mm-hmm. shepherd at, at Central, used to say, Aaron, man, sometimes programs need to die off. Sometimes ministries need to die off so that new ones can be born, you know? And I was thinking about that, and I was like, man, those are really wise words because in reality, like sometimes like these ministries need to die off so that like when we get a young person who's active and wants to be involved and wants to lead and wants to do this ministry, we don't have to cram them into this mold of here, be this deacon of of this, you know? No, yeah, right. like let's 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 let them like be who they want to be in ministry and and reach out and and fill that role and then and build the mold off of that and that's a new ministry that's that new person being born into that like we don't have to like we should let the cycle go let -hmm. the cycle go through and you're gonna have people who want to fit that old mold and that's great you know hey i i want to be you know do that but also like so we have to have that mentality. We need to remind ourselves that, like, um, and so, like, how do you inspire people to to step up and want to lead and be in those positions or start those new ministries and do that and run with that? And I think that's like that's that's where we need to be that that extra air to pump those flames and really allow those fires to burn for God. There is is to pump people up in those areas, and I also feel like that's where a lot of my generation has kind of fallen through and failed Mm -hmm. that we've gotten to the habit of saying, well, this church doesn't offer this, so I'm going to quit and I'm going to go somewhere else Um, where really God might be saying, Hey, this church doesn't offer this or, or they don't have anybody to lead this ministry. I'm glad I brought you to this church to lead this ministry because you obviously have a passion for it. You know, instead of being catered to, you know, work for the kingdom, Mm -hmm. the kingdom isn't there to work for you. You're there to be a part of the kingdom and to work for the kingdom of God. I, I'm getting really preachy, but I, I and I am, but I I just feel like that that's how like our like that's that's our our mindset needs to be shifted. It's not about being served; it's about how can I serve. And oh, I'm upset that this this congregation, this church doesn't do this. Well, maybe God called you there to kind of lead and to do that and to step up and do that because we need people who are passionate about said ministry, you know in. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, there's some ministries that like we only say are um, um, good or effective because, you know, a million people turned out for them. You know, now there are some ministries, there's some ministries that mean the world, but only four or five people really, you know, manage or do them. You know, I, mm-hmm. I always think of like, I, I always thought about like, uh, the there was like four old ladies at central and they would always provide a meal for people who were having funerals at the church. And I, I, from experience, I know that those families, that that meal meant the world to them. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. That's not a ministry that took like a whole bunch of people. It's not a ministry that had a big spotlight on it. It wasn't a ministry, you know, but it was these, these older ladies who are widows who knew who knew what a kind of meal like that would kind of do. And I was like, man, that's, that's a powerful ministry right there. But somebody yeah, had to sure. like, somebody had to be like, Hey, I'll coordinate. I'll coordinate. I'll work with the, the preacher, with the minister, whoever's doing the funeral, uh, so that we get that information and that we do that, you know? So yeah. anyway, I don't and know. You need I, people who will step in and just take charge. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's, that's been the, that's been the best part of this Avenue is someone stepped in and said, Hey, 
I know that you've done some things here in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, is that framework still set up? Right. And can I go and do this? Yeah. Not that a, fantastic. And not and I mean this is a this is a twenty twenty one year old kid, and it would have been really easy for him to say, "Hey, I think we need to have Bible studies on campus. So can you start a Bible study so I can bring my friends?" Right. But that's not what he said. Right. He said, "We need to have a Bible study on campus." I want to do a Bible study. What resources can I use to bring my friends to a Bible study that I want to do? Like, right. shoot, whatever you need is yours. That's right. Anything I have is yours. So you just that's tell me right. what you need and I'll get it for you. That's um, and so that's so awesome. And I think that's why I've been so excited about these Wednesday nights is one yeah, I've, I've been offering and I've been working with these teenagers when they need me to work with them. Like I had a couple young boys who were like, who were like, hey, can we just come and be in the youth room that Wednesday? like four or five hours early. And I was like, sure, man, I'm gonna be, I'm working in my office. I can just move over to the hub uh, and hang out with y'all until, until Bible class. And I was sitting there and they were doing their devos and I went, Hey, can I give you guys some pointers? Uh, and they were like, yeah, please. And I told the other guy, I told one of them, I said, you're trying to be too much like him mm-hmm. and your brain does not work the way that his does. I said, so this is what you need to do. Because he was struggling. He was struggling because he was trying to write down word for word what he was going to say. And I said, you're not that kind of, you're not that kind of speaker. I said, you're a wanderer. Yeah. I said, so man, you, you, need to, you need to put in your flags, put in your key thoughts word for word, and you need to wander to those points. But you need to mm-hmm. know where you're going. It's okay to wander, but you can't get lost. You got to know where yeah, you're going. Right. You got to head to your points. And so he, we, I worked with him, and he did that. And he was like, that was so much easier. And I was like, I was like, what? I said, you're welcome. I said, I have been doing this for a while. Uh, you be yourself, I do... It's amazing how much easier it is. That's right. And so, and they nailed it. Like they, they were the kickoff Devo That's and it awesome. went really good. And so I've just been excited. Uh, and then this last week, one of the, so our format is, um, is like, I've been getting up there and I'll, I'll kick it off. I'll, I'll give you a welcome. I'll do a short little devotional. Literally. I'm just reading one verse, saying some thoughts about it. Um, and kicking us off then what a couple of other teens are leading some songs and then uh whatever teen is going to give the devotional will get up and give their devotional and then we'll clap for them and then i'll get up and i'll close us off um and that's that's how our wednesday night's been going but it's been it's been so it's just been really powerful it's been really good that's so cool and it's all like like every week somebody else comes up they're like hey so uh when can i do one and i'm like October this and they're like all right thanks I'm like all right thanks (laughs) like it's just been it's been just like okay like I really have like this real cool series that I want to start doing on Wednesday nights but there is no way in this entire world that you could get me um to stop this train you know what I mean that's right it's one of those watershed moments where you realize okay um, and you know, it may have been sparked by something someone did at a youth rally somewhere else. Yeah. But, but those are, uh, those are those threads that you've kind of laid in their hearts and in their minds Yeah. that just someone finally like sets fire to. And it's like, okay. And the killing's already there. The preparation is already there. The support is already there. Well, what was cool um, is these boys felt comfortable because they did it at church camp with a smaller group. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, just say that to our own youth group. And they're like, oh, yeah, bet, we're in. <laughs> you know, so they felt comfortable to do it there, so they did it here, um, which then made the next couple people be like, hey, I did one at church camp. I could do it here, too. I'm like, sweet, yeah. bet, do it. 
Um, and so they've just been they've just been doing it, and they've been really good, solid, um, <clears throat> mostly good like devotionals. Like they yeah. have some really solid, real points mm-hmm. from their perspective. Like man, so it was good. That's good. It was good. Well, before we run out of time, I guess we yeah. probably talk about the season of Behind the Beards is coming up. Huh? Behind the Beards season four, making a little bit of a shift. Not not like a crazy shift. Not like weird. Not that you won't get the the reveal, you know, about your ministers and preachers and stuff like that. Like that's our core, and we and we still want to stay there. But yeah, making a little bit, maybe a little bit of kind of a shift in our content. Yeah, and I don't know about kind of, you know, where you'll take us, but I've I've really been struggling lately uh, with, uh, and and we talked about this some. Uh, yesterday mm. i think it was but uh, i expect mm. to get um bad info bad intel right. bad theology um, i expect to be accused of being a bigot and a misogynist and a right you know from the world yeah what has struck me over the really over the last six months to a year is how many of those messages are coming from um at least church affiliated groups, right? Former, former ministers. Um, we talked about deconstruction some last season, but deconstructing Christians, some of, you know, Mm. people that I've loved and respected and followed now are standing on the other side of the aisle with the world at their back going, you know, you've missed the boat. You don't know what it means to love God. You're right. And, and so the, that assault is now coming from people that I thought were friendly. I thought they were, I thought we were together. I thought we were in this, in this walk the same way. So, right. Um, you know, I, I want to take some time over this <clears throat> next season and maybe beyond of just saying, how do we, how do we deal with that? How do we process that? And how do we have that conversation? Like it's, it's one thing to have conversation with somebody from, from a worldly perspective that disagrees with me. Right. Um, it's something totally different to have someone who is theologically educated mm-hmm. um, calling out names and stuff. So how do we have that conversation? It's, it's especially hurtful. Um, right. It strikes in a different way. It does. And so how do we how do we process that? How do we move forward? And how do we have constructive? I don't even want to say how do we have constructive conversations, but how do I shore up my own faith? And how do I know, you know, what's true and what's right and what's sound? How do I stand so, firm? so that I can be confident moving forward. So that's what God wants from us is, is a, is a confidence in, in him and his word. So that's kind of the direction I think I want to, I want to see us move towards yeah. over the next few months. Yeah. We might, we might have a little bit more <clears throat> video clips and other things like that. Um, have some more guests on and uh, to kind of help navigate through some of these conversations and, you know, how do we navigate uh, through them and and how do we protect ourselves how do we stand firm how do we um you know i was we did a bible class the other day on the full armor of god mm-hmm. and i you know it's one of those things that oh you do you you talk about that all the time you talk about that all the time in uh in children's ministry uh and as we were reading that you know josh and i are big fans of the naked bible podcast we're, we're big fans mm-hmm. uh, of that and paul Paul talks about right before, um, let's see, where's that at? That's in Ephesians, right? Or no, it's not in Ephesians. Um, Galatians. 
Yeah, Galatians, Galatians, Galatians. This is oh, no, 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 Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Finally be strong. Right. Yeah, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, whoa. Like, Paul is, Paul is talking about, like, something super crazy here. Mm-hmm. Something that, like, I never really, like, because I always got into, like, the armor of God. You know, oh, the breastplate of righteousness and the, you know, the sword of truth, you know. Uh, uh, and all that kind of stuff, you know, the, the armor pieces. Because I dressed up as the Roman soldier, you know, or whatever when I was a kid. And I reread that with my high schoolers. And I was like, whoa, what is Paul saying here? What is this fight against? Yeah. Paul's not talking about this fight is against flesh and blood. It's It's this spiritual struggle. And it's not just Satan. Like Paul lists off a whole bunch mm-hmm. uh, of things that we are fighting against, you know, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah, the rulers, the authorities, the powers of the dark world against the spiritual forces of evil. That's an army. That's an army of evil that is up against us. And whenever we get traction, they are trying to take that traction away from us, you know, and so like talking about that kind of stuff like how do we stand firm how do we go forward how do we stay strong in our faith but stay true to who jesus truly is and truly was because jesus jesus turned some tables but he forgave and he loved a lot more than he turned tables Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but he also he also never changed he never he never compromised who he was even though he loved um and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. how do we how do we really do that? You know. So, I, I want to take a focus and, and kind of look at that uh, kind of a stuff. So, yeah, you know, you know, I love football. Um, I know. I'm and... just kidding. I love football. I love watching football with other people. I just don't expect me to know anything about anybody. Well, we have football, especially, but athletics in general, but especially in football, we have this battlefield language that we use. Mm. You know, we're comrades, we're going to war together, we're mm-hmm. going to battle in the trenches, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah, I get it. It's tough. It's physical. You know, it's it's a team, teamwork. But we see that as fans and we kind of embrace that. But when people start talking about the Christian walk as as, as warfare, let's say when they talk about it as a battle, when they talk about it in those kind of words. Sometimes you kind of look at them a little crossways and go, that's a little dramatic, don't you think? Right. Um, and, and I think we've fallen into that too too easily. Um, and, and maybe it's time that we really lean into and embrace that warfare language and realize, um, no, man, we're at war. Yeah. Um, and I think we're at war, and a lot of times we're fighting the wrong enemy. Yeah. Um, um, our enemy has us focused on one another as opposed to focus on him. So hopefully we can maybe redirect our I also effort. think like we just forget we're in war. Yeah, for sure. Like and we get lazy. We get lazy and this and yeah, I mean we can just go into it now, but we won't. We won't we won't. Yeah. But next week. Next week. Uh guys, 
I am excited to be back. I hope you're excited uh, to dive into season four with us at, here at Behind the Beards. But we always want to remind you of something that is close to our hearts, right? We want to remind you of Galatians chapter six, verse nine. Do not grow weary in doing good. This world is messy. This life is messy. So allow Christ to use you to do something different, something good in his name. I'm Aaron, and this is Josh, and we will see you next week on Behind the Beards. Behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard, a man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beard.